0: There was some part of me deep down that was always like I'm I know I'm put on this earth to make a big impact. I know that I am meant to speak up and create change. But I can't be the best leader that I can be if I don't have a firm foundation and a firm grasp of the best, most authentic, most powerful version of myself. And so I've I've always felt like it was a duty for me to to get to the root of my issues.
1: Lisa Carmen Wang is the founder of Bad Bitch Empire, an investment and media platform building unapologetic worth and wealth for women. She is a former four-time USA national champion and Hall of Fame gymnast turned serial entrepreneur, angel investor, venture capitalist, certified executive coach, speaker and now an author of the highly anticipated Bad Bitch Business Bible, which was just released on September 26. Coming up, what is a bad bitch and how you can become one? The steps you need to take to heal your relationship with money. How to find investments that align with your values. And finally, Lisa's tips on how to fundraise effectively. Lisa, we are so excited to sit down with you today and hear all about your entrepreneurista journey and story. Before we were recording, we were just chatting because I had to look up an email because I remember we initially connected with you so many years ago. It was in the early days of when Courtney and I first started our business that we were introduced through a mutual connection, our friend David Feldman in 2016. I'm like, where did time go that that happened? So... Excited to dive into all the things you've been doing since then. But before we get into that, did you always know growing up, like as a child, that you wanted to start a business one day?
0: I had no idea that this was the path that I was going to go down. So my childhood was really focused, first and foremost, as an athlete. So I was a gymnast on the U.S. team. I started competing when I was nine years old for a decade. And... All I knew was that I wanted to be the best gymnast I could possibly be. And particularly with gymnastics, there was something about the sport of being able to be on the mat and to be able to perform and emotionally move an audience just with my body and with my movement. And without even saying a single word, I could completely shift the energy in a room. And I think it was from gymnastics that I I learned discipline, I learned focus, I learned how to commit to a decade-long dream that I worked day in and day out for. And I also learned probably the most important lesson that I gained that helps me in entrepreneurship and investment, which is I learned the ability to fall and get back up again. Because there's nothing quite like falling Mm -hmm. in front of hundreds of thousands of people and feeling this shame and embarrassment and humiliation and physical and emotional pain and trying to find the strength deep and deep within yourself to think okay I'm going to just put a smile on my face and the show must go on and so I think it was really that ability to mm-hmm. you know weather the storm like anytime I fall I trust myself to get back up and do even better next time, take the lessons I've learned from that experience to the next one that allowed me to to thrive in my career. And so my entrepreneurial journey didn't start until later. I actually started in the corporate finance world in hedge funds on Wall Street. And it was really the feeling that i could do so much more and i could have so much more impact if i just had the creative freedom to be able to work on the mission that i cared most about and so so that's what really drove me into entrepreneurship which was just that i think sometimes i feel like an artist like a like a business artist where i i wanted to create mm-hmm. and i wanted to create positive impact and i knew that i could not do that within the confines of the corporate world
2: I often compare entrepreneurship to sports. Stephanie doesn't love my sports analogies, but for me, entrepreneurship is very similar and has a lot of parallels. And for you to have learned that lesson is, at such a young age is so important because obviously there's tons of up and downs as an entrepreneur and you got to just get back up again and go. And also like you, I had a career in corporate finance before starting Fly. So I'd love to hear what, made you take that leap of faith and start Bad Bitch Empire? And how did it all come to be?
0: It's been quite a journey. So the corporate life, I didn't spend too much time in. It was just a couple years. And my previous company was focused on female entrepreneurs. And it was focused on closing the funding gap, getting women access to capital. And it stemmed stemmed from my own experiences doing my first startup. And my first startup was actually a late night munchies delivery company. And I think every entrepreneur should have a starter startup before they get to their actual startup. And it's, I call your starter startup. I love the, that. <laughs> the, the one where you make all the mistakes and not to say that you stop making mistakes. Like we all continue learning from those mistakes. But that first one where I realized things I didn't want to do. And it was in the process of raising venture capital that I I experienced firsthand the small paper cuts, the being overlooked, undervalued, assumed as inferior, and just the the real struggle that women have when they're fundraising from 94% male investor landscape. And I created my previous company to really focus on changing that relationship dynamic that power dynamic between the female entrepreneur and the investor. And so we helped facilitate about $50 million in funding for female founders through that company, which was then acquired by a billion-dollar fintech company in 2019. And my experience after that was really I started coaching female CEOs, female executives, and I learned something in particular, which was that all the women who were coming to me were They were struggling with negotiation or fundraising. And the number one thing I realized was that it didn't matter how many tactics they learned. At the end of the day, if she doesn't feel like she's good enough, if she doesn't feel to her core that she is worthy, it didn't matter how many tactics she learned because she was still not going to fundraise. And so this understanding of like your sense of self is the thing that governs your Mm -hmm. energy, which is the thing that you walk into the world with. And people can sense if you believe in yourself or you don't. And then that is going to then attract the money or repel it. And so with that understanding, I dove even deeper into that psychology and my own psychology of worthiness or not feeling good enough. And that's really where the place where bad bitch empire was born, where our slogan is unapologetic worth and wealth for women. And part of it was realizing even in myself that the wealth comes when the worth is there. And you can't skip the hard work of dealing with your own lack of self-love, your own lack of self-respect. If you aren't respecting your boundaries, why would you expect anybody else to respect your boundaries? If you aren't commanding your value or your worth, why would you think that anybody else would pay you or invest in you at that amount if you're not even willing to invest in yourself? And so I think that Mm That is the underlying ethos of that. And also then understanding that a lot of times this lack of worthiness doesn't come from, it's not our fault. It's actually the fault of what I call good girl brainwashing. And good girl brainwashing are all of the societal and media messages that have trained women to stay small and subordinate and silent and perfect and pleasing and polite. And it it keeps us in this box where we're afraid to be the biggest, boldest, most authentic and powerful versions of ourselves. And that's a very insidious brainwashing that happens to all of us, especially women in business, I would say, who are trying to fit into male-dominated industries where we're still expected to act in this very like pleasing sort of way. And the woman who actually does stand up for herself, does speak up, does assert her boundaries, she's called a bitch. <laughs> and so the use of the word bitch was really intentional. And bad bitch, of course, is we know the kind of badass woman that is. But the word bitch is a word that has been used to describe a woman who asserts her boundaries, who doesn't take bullshit, who walks away from disrespect. And we call that woman a bitch, which is really just weaponizing a woman's power against her. And so reclaiming the word bitch is also reclaiming your power to assert your boundaries, to assert your voice, to command your value. And so the bad bitch empire was born from that place. And then from that place of worthiness then commanding the wealth and the wealth aspect is where i really focus on investing teaching women how to make their money work for them turn it into exponential opportunities because there's no mistake why the wealthiest men in the world are investors they invest in assets from real estate to startups private equity venture capital and so part of that paradigm shift where i left You know, I I started working with female entrepreneurs and then realizing, well, part of closing, a big part of closing the funding gap isn't just, you know, repeatedly saying that women aren't getting funded, but actually we need different check writers. We need women. We need people of color mm-hmm. to be writing the checks. But we've never been given that knowledge of how to even start, how to even build a strong financial foundation for ourselves. And yeah, so the Bad Bitch Empire is all about that. It's about being a bad bitch. And I define a bad bitch as a woman who takes charge unapologetically of her body, her boundaries, and her bank account. And we want to help you build unapologetic worth and wealth by building your business and by reinvesting your assets into other female-led businesses.
1: Lisa, thank you for sharing all of that. And there is so much to unpack there. I have so many questions for you now. When you were talking about women, you know, not having the the confidence and feeling like they can exert their power just made me think of, you know, we have interviewed hundreds of women on this podcast over the past few years and, you know, coached and mentored thousands of women in our entrepreneurship community over the years. And something that comes up, I feel like all of the time, even with some of the women who you would never think would say this is that they have imposter syndrome, that they feel like... You know, they shouldn't be where they are or shouldn't be in the room with the people that they're in. And this comes up over and over and over again. And with the work that you're doing and the coaching that you've done and the women that you've worked with, how do you, you know, change someone's mindset or coach them to go from feeling like I don't belong or I'm not sure, I I don't have the confidence to really feeling like they are a bad bitch and can, you know, do all of the things that you've just shared?
0: Yeah. So the way not to do it is to look outward. And what we have been taught as women, well, really as an entire society, but in particular, women have been held to such a high, impossibly high standard of perfection, is that we have been taught that we need to prove our worth by working extra hard, by getting recognition and validation by having other people tell us good job and you know now with our our capitalist system. It's like now we're like fighting to get equal pay. We're like fighting to get funding. We're fighting. And it's like not coming (laughs) as fast as we want it to. And then we feel like we compare ourselves to how other people are succeeding or how other people are raising funds so easily. We have all these headlines that are you know screaming at us saying like, they've raised millions of dollars. They've exited for hundreds of millions of dollars. And you think, why am I What's wrong with me? Why am I not moving as fast as all these other people? And maybe I'm not like I'm not as good as them and maybe I won't be able to do that. And so you start questioning. I think we have this tendency to really question ourselves very easily when we see just messages that are that are hyping up the wrong things. And so I found in myself that that's what I had done most of my life. I worked so hard to get My gold medal, you know, national championships in gymnastics. I worked so hard to get into Yale University to get that great hedge fund job, and then, you know, as an entrepreneur, I was like, I have to, I have to be successful. I have to, you know, get these accolades. So I got the Forbes 30 Under 30, the Entrepreneur Magazine's 100 Most Powerful, all these things, and I realized that it didn't matter how much like external validation I was stacking or how much I accomplished that there was still this disconnect between the external success and the internal worthiness. And so the answer really lies mm-hmm. within yourself and it it is the hard work that we all have to do which is really learning to love the woman that we see in the mirror every day and it's like it is work It is the inner work. It is the work that you have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror, like look yourself in the eyes and genuinely be able to say, you're beautiful. You are bold. You are a badass. I love you. And that is the opinion of me that matters the most. And I've, you know, it's we talk a lot about self-love these days and it's like, but I don't think... It's not just in vogue. It's like one of those things where you realize that truly no one, nothing can give you the level of self-respect and self-love that you can give to yourself. And so really, really at the end of the day, for me, it's just been like so much work on myself to really see like, how much do I actually, like, what if all of this was gone? What if I like my reputation was gone, right? What if my business went to the ground? What if I lost all my money? What if all of this was gone? And could I still look at myself in the mirror and be like, I love myself. And it's only when you get there that you can actually release the imposter syndrome.
2: I could not agree more. Confidence is is really key to achieving a lot of the, the things that we all want. What tangible, practical tips can you give the good girls listening to go from good girl to bad bitch?
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So the first thing, I mean, the the mirror work that i said you have to get up in the morning and the first thing you do is put on a bad bitch energy playlist and and just tell yourself you're a badass like give yourself compliments um the second thing after you know you've done your your own work is really around thinking about your money and i think taking time to actually think about what is it that I believe my value is? And how much am I worth? Because if I genuinely believed in myself, if I genuinely trusted myself, what would I be doing? And I think that, so mindset shift, I'm I'm a big fan of just learning how to shift your perspective. And that can change the entirety of how you show up. So a lot of us will walk around the world thinking, deep down, what if I fail? What if I make the wrong decision? What if I don't do it right? Um, what if I say the wrong thing? And the truth of being a bad bitch is really about learning to trust yourself. And I find a lot of women who are overachievers, who are perfectionists, you know, who are ambitious entrepreneurs. We're so busy second guessing ourselves, and we don't live in a ex- expansive state that says, okay what if everything goes right? What if I what if I believed that every single decision that I made, every step I took was bringing me closer to exactly where I needed to be? If I trusted myself completely, what would I be doing differently? How would I live my life completely differently? Would I be hanging around the same people I'm hanging around? Would I be doing the work that I'm doing? Would I be making this amount of money right now? Or would I be making a shit ton more? And if so, what would I be doing to get there? And so it's, it's almost like taking an entire life inventory if if there's any part of you that feels dissatisfied with who you are in this moment, how much you're making, where your business is. Because a lot of times the answer is not in the tiny, tiny details that we get obsessive about. We're like, what's the perfect font for our Instagram you know, feed? It's actually what are the big needle moving changes that I can make in my life to significantly up my... Fulfillment, the types of people that I'm surrounded by, and also the amount of money in my bank account.
1: Up next, learn how you can use the energy of money to build unapologetic wealth. All of these amazing things that you're sharing right now were these realizations and learnings that you came to on your own just based on your own experience or did you work with business coaches or advisors or do programs and things to help you you know come to this place that you're at now realizing everything
0: I've done a lot of self work and a big part of it was done on my own I did bring in a coach early on in my entrepreneurial career, but I would say a lot of the changes I was doing by observing myself. So there's something I employ called metacognition. And metacognition is the ability to step outside of yourself and to almost watch yourself as if you are a character in a movie, like as if you are your own narrator, your own God, like looking down and being and observing you. And I would observe myself after times where I felt like maybe I, I reacted in a way that I didn't want to react or I made a decision in a way that I didn't feel fully aligned. And I would ask myself really just the question, why? why did I react like that? Or why did I make that decision that way? Why didn't I catch those red flags back then? And that question I knew was, the answer to those questions I knew was never surface level. And so I've just always been intrigued by first order principles and like the root of the issue, because I I know that there's so much of my own experiences, trauma, psychology, as we all have, that drives the certain way that I do things. And so I think a lot of what has really helped me, though, was I've always been very open well, one, careful in selecting the friends that I hang around with, because I consider the the mentors that I've had almost like peer mentors, you know, people who are going through similar things, people who are just as interested in self-development and growth and ambition and growing their dreams. And we we would be sounding boards for each other. And I think part of that is just being willing to be mm-hmm. open and vulnerable with the people that you choose to bring into your circle to say, I'm not really sure how to navigate this, but I'm noticing this in myself. What do you see? And so I, I've just always been really open to feedback, you know, and, and I think that that has been helpful, but I think it takes a lot of patience. I have spent many weekends not going out and just spending time with my journal and my thoughts. And the thing that drove me to really get to know, like, get to know me because in some ways, a lot of us, we just don't know ourselves, right? We don't know the things that drive us to do what we do. And we don't know why we react badly to certain things or were triggered was because I knew that there was some part of me deep down that was always like, I'm, I know I'm put on this earth to make a big impact. I know that I am meant to speak up and create change, but I can't be the best leader that I can be if I don't have a firm foundation and a firm grasp of the best, most authentic, most powerful version of myself. And so I've, I've always felt like it was a duty for me to, to get to the root of my
2: issues. Yeah, I am very big into doing the work on yourself and signing up for all sorts of programs for self-discovery. So big proponent of that. If someone signs up to work with you or be become part of bad bitch empire what does that look like what how can you how do you help women who are looking for this type of mindset change
0: so there's kind of a a number of ways you can engage so the first thing is to listen to the bad bitch empire podcast and so in that podcast I interview badass women but also I share the ways in which I level up my life the way in which i the questions i ask myself actionable things i do in my life to become the best version of me after that once you've you've really like entered in really understood what's going on in the empire The Bad Bitch Business Bible, which is the book I've been working on for three years and is officially coming out on September 26th, which is tomorrow. That's The 10 Bad Bitch Commandments on Breaking Free of Good Girl Brainwashing, Taking Charge of Your Body, Boundaries and Bank Account. And this book is going to share a lot of the exercises that I've done on myself to help me level up my worth and my wealth. We have the unapologetic, in our programs, we have an unapologetic worth and wealth workshop, which really gets your money mindset right, as well as get through your bad bitch budget to think about how much you should be allocating to your own personal needs versus your investment budget. And then we also have the bad bitch investor bootcamp. So this is a boot camp that is really to help women who are ready to level up and start investing their assets into values aligned businesses, different alternative opportunities that in particular really resonate with women. And then of course, if you are interested in like actually like really getting to the nitty gritty, we also have wealth coaching, business coaching. And so I work with specific clients who are at a certain level in their wealth journey that really want to get to a different level of their mindset and their wealth.
1: I love that. And we'll definitely have to talk after this podcast because I feel like there's so many ways we can partner together with our entrepreneurs community because so many of our members in our community are looking for lots of these resources that you're sharing right now. So definitely to be continued on that for sure, Lisa. I would love to hear more about, you know, how did you start your journey, you know, investing, learning about investing and where do you recommend that people start who are unsure and really just looking to learn more because Courtney and I are the biggest proponents of there has to be education. If you don't have the information first, it's hard to make those decisions to invest. So I'd love to hear how how you learned everything and what you recommend.
0: The first thing that I did was really focus on my relationship to money. And this is where I recommend every woman starts. And I often relate your relationship to money like your relationship to a partner. And it's that you can either have a healthy relationship or a toxic relationship. And in a healthy relationship, you are transparent, you are communicative, you want to help each other, you want to nurture each other to grow into the most abundant versions of yourselves. And in a toxic relationship, you are either like suffocating the person because you're insecure and you don't want them to leave you or you're like avoidant. You're like hot and cold. You're like, I don't really want to deal with this right now. And not very communicative. And you can be like that with your finances. You know, you can be like, I want to suffocate my money. Like when you keep it in a savings account, you're like, don't leave me. I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose the money. And you have this illusion of safety by keeping it in your savings account. Or you might be like, you know what? I just don't really, I don't really want to like, Look at my money. I don't want to look at my statements. I don't want to look at my bills or my taxes or whatever. Like, I'm just going to live in this world and think that everything's going to be okay. There's a lot of like fear that's tied up in one's relationship with money that can also then translate into your inability to invest it properly. Because we have been taught in this language of finance, which is very embedded in the patriarchy, which is that it's difficult to understand. You can't be a good investor if you don't. No math inside and out, and like you're gonna lose all your money. And that is just not true (laughs) overall. The wealthiest people understand that you get wealthy by having assets, right? And assets can be your real estate property. It can be owning equity in a company. It can be IP. It can be investing, you know, in long-term wealth building in different types of investment, alternative assets. That can be things like whiskey and wine and art and all all of these things, right? The, the th- money is just an exchange of energy and exchange of value. And so, in thinking through that, I really thought to myself, where do I want to put my money in a way that energetically aligns with my values? Because I know that intuitively I can be a good investor. And by the way, there is data that backs that up, that women tend to be better long-term investors than men, even though men might be getting short pro- like short-term like short profit because they they trade more compulsively, like they're optimizing for the short-term profit. Women tend to take a bit longer to consider all the pros and cons and do the research. And then eventually when she commits, she's like, okay, I'm all in. And she feels good about her investment. And so that was the approach I took where I was like, rather than being caught up in the way men do it and the way men have always said, I want to do it that feels good and aligned for me. And that means investing in the types of businesses and founders that I really believe are going to work their asses off to make this successful because they believe in the mission, even in the bad days. And also that I want to invest in businesses that, that are doing good in the world, that are creating impact, because I believe that companies that are creating massive impact and really solving a massive problem are going to also return the profit in terms of investment. And so I think just really learning for me, like, first, what is my budget and what do I have available to cover my needs and my wants, you know, my, my present and have my emergency fund in place so that I know that I have the runway that I need for, if anything were to happen, I'm covered. And then everything else, in addition to that, I can invest it into um, wealth growing assets.
1: Coming up. Find out why you should aim for profitability in your business.
2: How do you find your investments and looking back at everything that you've Angel invested in, what have been your favorite?
0: I'll talk about one of our newest investments out of the Bad Bitch Empire Fund, and it is an investment in a women's health company. And it is... It's a company called Alara, and Alara is a company that's addressing chronic hormonal conditions for women that have always been overlooked by the healthcare system. Mm. And she's done it in a way that's extremely scalable and very intentional and collaborative. And so I was really excited about that because I, in particular, think women's health is a massive, massive market. And women's health is a huge umbrella, but within it, there are individual issues that aren't addressed and so seeing that that was a massive problem i was like that's a problem i care about solving and i also think that that's a that's a problem that a lot of women would care about solving and would get behind this investment so that deal was something that we put money in because it just it felt aligned so i was like i believe this is going to be successful i believe in the founder i believe in the vision and like would love to then support this founder once we put that investment in we've like solidified that relationship so we find our deals through our partner networks through through the network that I've built up over the decade of being an entrepreneur, I also think what's really important is uh, putting yourself out there as a like as a thought leader for what you believe in, right? So mm-hmm. I have made it very clear the types of people that I like being surrounded by, right? Even with a bad bitch, it's like you're. I'm basically conveying that I want to attract the women who are willing. To challenge the status quo, who are willing to be like, Mm -hmm. I don't care what traditional society has said, like, I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to do it my way. And she's, she's not scared, right? She has the courage and the bravery to step up. And because I believe that that kind of personality is the one who is going to continue breaking barriers and like work through the tough times. And so I, and I also look for like big visions and big missions. And so this is also just a piece of advice for entrepreneurs who are fundraising. Now that I am sitting on the other side of the table as an investor, it's like, I now understand why it is so hard to invest in women who only talk about impact. Because at the end of the day, because I've, I've met women who are like, I really want to solve this problem. And I'm like, what's the business model? How are you going to make money? Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's, you know, a big problem. And like, I'm like, okay, love your passion. Tell me how you are going to scale this business, how it's going to make profit. What is your vision for this being an actual business? And because, because, Again, with money being a value exchange, I think that there's been this kind of, um, sometimes a misunderstanding with when when women are fundraising and they're they really want to solve a great problem in this world, right? Yeah. I think so many women are so well-intentioned. But, and then they get mad or they get upset when they're like, I don't understand why I'm solving this big problem. And like the investors don't get it. And I think that there's that balance of like, you got to know your numbers inside and out. You have to be confident that you're building a big money-making business that is also going to make massive impact. Because I think like, as women, we've been brainwashed to think like, oh, we're nonprofit, like we have free labor, like that's charity is the way we create impact. And while that's important, if you are going into the realm of business, right? We are, you've chosen to create a C-corp, or an LLC, you have not chosen to create a nonprofit, you can create impact, do good for the world, and realize that when you're speaking to an investor, the investor is in the business of making money, right? The the business of the investor is taking money, investing it in something so that they can get 2x, 5x, 10x return. And so it's, we're looking for that like sweet spot of like a woman who's badass, who like, knows she's going to go out and crush it, who has a big mission to create impact. But it's also like, I know my numbers inside and out. I'm confident. And this is how big I, I'm going to paint this vision for you of how big this can be and how many people we can help. And I'd love for you to be on board with, with me on this journey. So, so that's like a, a very different energy shift than sometimes I see when a woman hasn't yet worked on her worthiness, right? And, mm-hmm. and like her own internal dialogue and still has like deep, deep imposter syndrome.
1: I'm so glad you shared all of this. And it's something that we talk a lot about in our entrepreneurista community. So we recently just had our entrepreneurista pitch competition. We do them quarterly now. And we talk a lot about this with when you're pitching your business, like you have to be confident. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your business. You have to know your numbers. But also what's important to remember is that Raising capital and especially venture capital, it's not necessarily for every type of business. And that's okay. And letting founders know and letting these women know, like just because it might look sexy on Forbes or Inc. or on any of these, you know, TV shows, this person raised $5 million, $10 a hundred million dollars, million, that doesn't mean that you have to do that for your business. It depends on your business model. And as you share, Lisa, investors are in the business of making money and making a return and just because they pass on your business, it doesn't mean that your business is bad or it's not a good idea. But like, if you're going to go out and raise VC money, you have to be able to show that you can make 5, 10, 20, 100x on the investment that these investors are putting in because that's what their business is. And there's lots of other forms of capital and access to capital. And we had another event recently called Avenues to Capital, where we shared all of these different types of uh, funding opportunities because it doesn't just have to be, you know, go to VCs, go to angels to get a business funded.
0: Yeah. And I I think that there's something very sexy about having a profitable business. I think that is very underrated these days because yeah. and it's again it's a labeling problem because it's like the VC world that's like you're a lifestyle business as if that is like a negative thing. And I think a lot of us women especially we're like we are stepping out of this like hustle paradigm where we're like maybe I want a good lifestyle where I can feel ease and peace and joy and like actually enjoy my life while making the money that I need that like more than enough money to cover my expenses and like do the things I love and then invest in things that I, I really care about. Like, it's almost like it, when you it, creating a $10 million business is like, mm, that's a not good. Like, that would be life changing, for so many people, if you had a, a profitable ten million dollar business, right like when you're getting to that seven eight figure mark like those are those are really really powerful things to do and I think for quite honestly, I think for the majority of women, um, because by the way, women and men included, most of us should not be building venture funded businesses like most businesses do not fall in that category. What you should actually be building is a profitable business. Like that is what businesses are supposed to do. They're supposed to make profit. And usually when you actually look at the companies that got venture funding, you know, like even think Uber, um, you know, those types of things that like really require intensive capital upfront, like they were not profitable for, I don't even know, a decade plus. I don't even uh, know if they're they profitable, profitable now. now? <laughs> I don't think, yeah, exactly. They're not even profitable. They need money to to like keep going. And I know that for me, It was not, it's not intuitive for me to like, not make money. It's like more intuitive for me to scale like a profitable business and to like have money coming in and to like work in a way that is more attuned to my cycle. Like I've been experimenting a lot more with that, even just like Weeks where I I notice I listen to my body. When do I make good decisions? When am when is my energy level here? And there's a whole like realm of things called intuitive trading. There are women out there who are trading aligned with their zodiac sign and and the cycles of the moon, and they are making a shit ton of money. Just the energetics of money is something that I have been exploring deeper and deeper with. Because even when we point out like crypto, for example, um, I. Was listening to this conversation with these guys where they're like, yeah, then like my, my my squiggles. Did you guys buy a squiggle? Did you buy a pudgy penguin? Did you buy an ape? And you're like, I have no clue what he's talking about. How does a squiggle cost tens of thousands of dollars? How does a fat penguin <laughs> image cost tens, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't get it. And there's a reason why women did not, the majority of women did not get rich from crypto is because just like the old financial world, the way crypto was built, it was built on a language that was meant to exclude. It's the same psychology of the boys club and like them having their own language trading, like saying this is valuable and women didn't get it for a good reason. And when you look at it, there is no inherent value in a squiggle. (laughs) There just isn't. But it has value because they came together and they all said it had value, right? Now they can trade it in the Mm -hmm. same way, like a piece of paper, money, it doesn't have value unless people see that there's value in it. And so now let's extrapolate this out into like women's healthcare companies. It is not valuable the same way a like FTX was valuable because there weren't enough people speaking that language with wealth to say, this is really valuable. Let's drive the valuation of this up. And so Mm -hmm. I think all of that to say is that every single woman who's listening to this, your dollar has power in terms of how you spend it, in terms of how you invest it, in terms of how you command your worth the dollars that come in. And so it's like the men who do crypto and they're like, I don't understand zodiac signs. Like, why are you guys crazy? And like (laughs) looking at the moon and you're like, yeah but you guys are looking at like, what is this over here? And you're like, actually I believe, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Um, We are at you know, like, so women are like, we birth the species. We are part of mother nature. It's a reason why it's called mother nature capitalism, like the dollar bills, like that is a man-made construct. And so the more I think we tap, into, as women, I think we've really lost as a result of the good girl brainwashing, as a result of the system, the belief in ourselves, the trust in our own power, that we actually have some like very, very unique superpowers that We've been brainwashed to believe that we have to prove ourselves in, especially in Mm. these like very male-dominated industries, like finance, like tech, like legal. And part of like this whole process and why I've built the Bad Bitch Empire and and why I even think about investing is because like I see it as my energetic exchange. And if I feel good about what I'm putting my money towards, I believe that is going to be abundant. When I put a 25K check in, it is no mistake that the next day there's another investor who wants to come into the fund for 25K. I'm like, great.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now we can invest in another company. Like it's, And it, I think it's just being open to receiving that when you really stand in your power and you're like, I... And, and so for any entrepreneur who's like struggling through their business, I think it's like... I think the number one thing to do if you're doubting yourself or having imposter syndrome is like reconnect with your, your like innate power as a woman. And like, remember that you have a very, very powerful gift. And if you channel that intention into your business and you really, really believe that that business is worth the amount of money that you think it should be worth, like that is when it's going to come because Um, The last thing I'll say about this is what I also learned is in tapping into my body that a a lot of us have dysregulated nervous systems. We are anxious. We are stressed. Mm -hmm. We are tired. We're exhausted. We're like constantly hustling. A dysregulated nervous system cannot hold and keep wealth. We cannot hold money like energetically when we are, we are dysregulated in our nervous systems. I discovered this in myself actually when last year I went through a really, really toxic relationship and a difficult breakup. I watched Mm -hmm. as my bank account went down, the more chaos was happening in my body, in my home And as I, I was really hard on myself when I looked back at that time and I was like, wow, I like, I was on such a high and like something was happening subconsciously that like people wanted to give me money. People wanted to invest in the fund. People wanted to sponsor me. And I, I like physically could not hold the money. And it was because I was losing, I was losing touch with my own power because of that.
1: Lisa, do you share a lot of this in your book that's coming out?
0: (laughs) I have a whole commandment called a bad bitch loves money. And that I talk about your relationship to money. I talk about your financial fictions in terms of like your your stories, your false narratives that you've told yourself about money. But in terms of this energetic work, that is call it the next chapter. So there's the initial... There's some of the initial tactical things you have to do. And then this is the, the deeper work and, and a program that I'm I'm working on right now, actually.
1: Oh, my God, amazing. Well, we, when this episode airs, let's get on and do an Instagram Live too and we will talk more all about it. My last yes. question for you, and I know we could chat for hours right now, <laughs> but what does
0: being an entrepreneurista mean to you? Being an entrepreneurista to me means being the most unapologetic, bold, badass version of yourself. It means standing in my purpose and knowing that no matter what happens, I will find my way and I will always pick myself back up again.
1: Oh my gosh, I could not agree more and have so loved hearing all of your insights and advice. And learning lessons. And I cannot wait to get your book. And we will be sure to share it with our whole community and the Entrepreneurs League as well. Where can everyone find you and follow you? And for those that want to buy your book, where can they head to do so? And we'll link out to everything in the show notes too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me everywhere at Lisa Carmen Wang. My website is lisacarmenwang.com. And you can go to join the Bad Bitch Empire, get on our newsletter, listen to the podcast at badbitchempire.com. And and when you grab the book, there will also be exclusive offers, including $100 off any program that the Bad Bitch Empire offers. So you can immediately use that book and start investing in yourself.
1: I love that. Lisa, thank you again for being here and sharing your story. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Courtney. And this is the best business meeting we've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entreprenista.com and connect with us on Instagram at entreprenistas. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entreprenista League, our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to entreprenista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead.